like we've been kind of blowing and going since uh, May with Mother's Day and Father's Day and Vacation Bible School and homecoming and all that other kind of good stuff. But it's a blessing just to uh, get back to kind of business as usual, so to speak. But I got to remind you, as always, is if you're going to make disciples, which is the Lord's command to believers, if you're going to make disciples, then you've got to start by being one. Amen? Listen to what the book of Revelation says. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, the Lord Jesus said to believers, Do not fear any of the things that you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful. Say, be faithful. Be faithful. How long? Until death. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, O Holy Spirit, we pray that you would help us to be faithful. Father, we want other people to see our faithfulness to you and to be drawn to you because of it. In Christ's name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Jesus says in that verse, that faithfulness is pretty doggone important. Amen? Faithfulness is very important. Likewise, the Apostle Paul said that another evidence that Jesus lives in you through the Spirit of God is through faithfulness. The question for you this morning is, are you faithful? Do you exhibit faithfulness? The Hallmark Greeting Company has a card out that said this, I can't promise you forever, but I can promise you today. Sadly, that's about as deep a commitment as you're going to get out of most people. I'll be with you for Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, maybe not so much. But in contrast to that, the Lord God Almighty shows his faithfulness, and he honors our faithfulness. In Psalm 100, verse 5, the Bible says that the Lord is good. Do you believe that? Say amen. amen. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures, guess how long? Forever. His faithfulness, get this, his faithfulness continues through all generations. Friend, whenever you see a rainbow, you remember that God is faithful. You remember that God keeps his promises. Whenever you pick up a Bible, you remember that God said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never, ever pass away. Every time that we gather to worship, you remember what Jesus said. Wherever two or three come together, there I will be in the midst of them. Whenever somebody answers an invitation to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you remember that Jesus said, I will be with you, how long? Always, even to the end of the world. And when you stand on the threshold of death, remember his promise, that in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may also be. 
No, I think that songwriter is right. When he said, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Wow. I may not be able to sing it, but I can proclaim it. Amen. Our God is a faithful God. Our God is faithful. And I want to tell you today that his faithfulness continues through all generations. Friends, if we would just learn to fully surrender to Christ, if we would just learn to yield our sinful nature, if we would just learn to submit to his rule, that he's the boss, if we would just learn to allow his spirit to work within us, then the fruit of faithfulness would be real and it would be evident in our lives. And the more we yield, the less vulnerable we be to discouragement. The more we yield to the Spirit of God, the less vulnerable we would be to temptation. But you know, the benefits of faithfulness don't end with us. The benefits of faithfulness as we submit to the Master, as we're filled, say filled, as we're filled with the Spirit, Others begin to see in us traits of reliability, trustworthiness, staying power through the good times and through the bad times. You see, that's a faithfulness that the world just doesn't understand. So let's define faithfulness to be sure that you and I are on the same page. A definition of faithfulness. Let me ask you this. Before I go any further, how would you describe faithfulness? Give me some feedback. How would you describe faithfulness? Say again. Tenacity. Hanging on like a bulldog. You know what you say? Hanging on like a bulldog. What else? How would you describe faithfulness? Dependable. How else? How would you describe faithfulness? Consistency. Very good. How else? Never turn your back on them. Never let them down. That's good. That's good. Somebody else say? Who said that? Trusting. Exactly right. Well, if you look up faithfulness in the dictionary, you'll find a very technical definition that says this. To follow through with a commitment regardless of difficulty. Wow, that's, that's pretty strong, amen? That's a pretty good definition of faithfulness. But I want to give you one that's a little easier to remember, a little Brother Billology, if you will, okay? Faithfulness is, is love that hangs on. Faithfulness is love that hangs on. It's love that says, I will not quit. I'm going to keep hanging on. There are things that I don't understand. There are things that have disappointed me. 
There are things that have discouraged me, but I will not quit. I'm hanging on. It is love that hangs on. If you have a husband that says, I love my wife, and then he goes out and he has an affair on her, you may call him a liar, you may call him a cheat, but most of all what he really is, is unfaithful. Unfaithful. No matter how strong his arguments may be, no matter how loudly he begins to proclaim how much he loves his wife, you will not believe him because his unfaithfulness contradicts his proclamation of love. He is unfaithful. Likewise, if someone says, man, I really love Jesus. I really love the Lord. I really love the Lord's church. But he's unfaithful. Then it's kind of hard to believe that he loves the Lord. Amen? And the reason is, is because faithfulness and love go together. Faithfulness and love go together. They go hand in hand. Faithfulness is love that hangs on. Now, life is going to throw you some discouragement. Life is going to throw you some disappointment. Life is going to disenchant you from time to time. But faithfulness says, even though I'm discouraged, even though I'm disappointed, even though I'm disenchanted, I will not let go. I will not quit. I will keep on attending church. I will keep on giving to the church. I will keep on praying. I will keep on serving. I will keep on learning. I will keep on growing because God has called me to be faithful to this family. Faithfulness is love that hangs on. I mean, think about this. If a member of your family disappoints you, or if a member of your family hurts you, do you pack up all your things and leave and say, that's it, I'm no longer part of this family? No, we don't say that. It's the same with God's family. Just because things don't go your way, just because you disagree with how things are going, doesn't give you any right to pack up your things and walk out on your family. Your family needs you. We're to remain faithful to where God has placed us. That's so important. Listen to what the Bible says about being faithful. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the Bible challenges us to be faithful in stewardship. Listen carefully. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. In Romans chapter 12, the Bible challenges us to be faithful in prayer. In chapter 12, verse 12, the Bible encourages us to rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and continue steadfastly or faithfully in prayer. The Bible also challenges us to be faithful in following the Lord. In Revelation chapter 17, verse 4, the Bible says, I'm sorry, not verse 4, verse 14. These will make war with the Lamb, 
and the Lamb will overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. Those who hang with the Lord, who love the Lord so much they will not quit, are called chosen and faithful. And I mentioned there in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, at the end, that Jesus encourages us all to be faithful until death, and we shall receive the crown of life. Now, years back, I remember hearing about a movie called The Bridges Over Madison County. It was advertised as the world's greatest love story. I never saw it, but it got rave reviews. It had Clint Eastwood in it as a photographer, and it also starred Meryl Streep as a housewife. The two meet. They immediately begin having an affair. Then after four days, they end the affair, and they go the separate ways, and Hollywood calls that the world's greatest love story. Would you agree with me that this world doesn't have a clue what faithfulness is? It doesn't have a clue what Paul is talking about when he says the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. A definition of faithfulness is love hanging on. Love that will not quit. But to get a better understanding of faithfulness, let's see how the Bible demonstrates faithfulness. A demonstration of faithfulness. Once again, our perfect example of faithfulness is the Lord Jesus and it's found in Matthew chapter 16. Now, I'm going to be talking about Matthew chapter 16 a lot next week in the sermon next Sunday morning. But in verse 21, the uh, Bible tells us that Jesus brings all of his disciples together. He tells them, boys, we're going to Jerusalem. He says, I know what's going to happen there. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be beaten. And I'm going to be crucified. But get this. I'm going anyway. I'm going anyway. Now you may remember in the next verses after that, um, the Apostle Peter tries to stop Jesus from going to Jerusalem. He says, Lord, don't go. You don't know what waits you there. And do you remember what Jesus said to him? He said, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Now, why in the world would Jesus call his number one apostle Satan? That's what I mean, doesn't it, to you? Why would he do that? He called Peter Satan because Satan was using Peter to try to get Jesus to quit. Did you hear that? Satan was using Peter to try to get Jesus to quit, to try to get Jesus to be unfaithful. Over and over throughout his ministry, Satan had been tempting Jesus to be unfaithful. He said, don't go to the cross. He said, don't die for their sins. Have you ever looked at them? Don't die for their sins. Just quit. There's going to be way too many obstacles for you, Jesus. There's going to be way too many difficulties. Friend, you're going to experience way too much pain. Why don't you just quit? Why don't you just stop? Why don't you just turn around and go back? Yet here, the King James Version tells us 
that Jesus set his face steadfastly towards Jerusalem? You see, Jesus was so determined that no matter what happened, he was going to be faithful to the mission that God set him on. He was not going to quit. So steadfastly, with all the commitment you can imagine, with all the devotion to the mission of God you can imagine, Jesus heads to Jerusalem. He gets there. Shortly thereafter, they hang him up. They hang him up on the cross, and even while he's hanging up on the cross, the people down below him are mocking him. They're saying, if you're really the Son of God, Come on down from that cross. But remember what Satan was trying to do. Satan was trying to get him to quit. Satan was trying to say, quit. It's too much, Jesus. These people ain't worth it. He was trying to say, don't you know that this pain you're experiencing is unnecessary? It's too intense. You don't need to do that. They don't care about you anyway. Just quit. But he continues on until finally, hanging on that cross, Jesus says, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. He was faithful, faithful even unto death. Are you faithful? even unto death. It's that faithfulness of Jesus that has inspired millions through the ages to go through the good times and the bad times and to be faithful in spite of plenty and times of want. You know, there are people in our church who have been in this church since they were children. I've heard stories of some of our seniors coming to church in years back in a wagon. Amen. Walking to the church. They worshiped in that old sanctuary, that little one where the fellowship hall is. That used to be the sanctuary. They worshiped in that sanctuary. And then they sacrificed to pay for another one. A new one. Those folks have been praying back when it was really hard to pray. They've been through the good times and they've been through the bad times here in this church. And there must have been many times when they were tempted to quit, tempted to give up, tempted to say, you know, this is too big a job trying to reach these people up here close to those beard joints. It's too hard. We're going to give up and quit. I don't want to hang in there anymore. But God had called them to be faithful. So down through the years, they hung in there, and they were faithful. And do you know who the recipients of that faithfulness are? Us. You and I are the recipients of their faithfulness. It's said that missionary George Mueller often prayed for five of his friends. He prayed five years before the first one ever came to Jesus. For the next one, he prayed ten years 
before he came to Jesus. For the third one, he prayed over 25 years before that person came to Jesus. For the fourth one, he prayed over 50 years before he finally came to saving faith in Jesus. And the last one was converted 52 years after he started praying. It just so happened that he was converted at the funeral of George Mueller. George Mueller was faithful even unto death. Friend, have you got a person who you're praying for? Is there somebody in your sphere of influence who you're praying that might come to Jesus? Yes or no? Don't quit. Whatever you do, don't stop praying for them. Don't quit. Be faithful even unto death. Don't stop praying for them. Finally, let's ask the question. I recognize what faithfulness is, and I recognize that I ought to be demonstrating faithfulness, but how? How can I develop faithfulness? Well, in order to answer that question, you need to know that an apple tree does not stand out in the middle of the apple orchard and ask, how do I develop apples? No. An apple tree produces apples because that's what apple trees do. Can I get a testimony? Agreed? When spirit-led Christians, when spirit-filled Christians, when spirit-filled Christians are a branch attached to the vine, the Lord Jesus, then you will produce fruit. Why? Because it's the natural thing for you to do. That's what you do. You're walking as a disciple, you're being a disciple, and you will make more disciples. It's the natural thing for you to do. You don't have to sit around all day and scratch your head and analyze, how do I go about developing new disciples? You just be who you are, being a spirit-filled believer. Just be careful that you never become detached from the vine. Did you hear that? If you're listening, say amen. The biggest problem that Christians have is they become detached from the vine. And when you become detached from the vine, you immediately begin to what? Wither. Dry up. Wither. So, and it's when you start withering that some disease is going to come upon that branch and cause you to go astray. So, there are certain things that you need to be careful about. In developing faithfulness. One is this. Realize that temptations will come. If you're trying to develop faithfulness, temptations will come. Just as surely as Jesus was tempted, you're going to be tempted. Just as surely as he was tempted to be unfaithful, you're going to be tempted to be unfaithful. Not only in your marriage, not only in your own walk with Christ, not only in your church, 
But in every area of your life, you're going to be tempted to be unfaithful. You know why? Because that's what Satan does. He tempts you to become unfaithful. He wants you to be unfaithful in every area of your life. He tempts you to be unfaithful. Realize temptations will come. Number two, intentionally seek the Spirit's help to develop regular, positive spiritual habits. That's the biggest problem with most Christians is they're not intentionally seeking the Spirit's help. They're not intentionally seeking the Spirit to fill them. We discovered in our Wednesday morning Bible study that at the day of Pentecost, that on that day, all 3,000, all those believers were filled with the Spirit. You remember that? They were all filled. Then two chapters later, we find Peter, and the Bible says, again, Peter was filled with the Spirit. What happened? Did he have a leak? And the Spirit oozed out? What happened? He started walking in the world. He started being unfaithful. So again, he was filled with the Spirit. One chapter later, the Bible says, again, Peter was filled with the Spirit. Do you realize that every single day you need to ask the Spirit of God to fill you to overflowing so that you can walk in the power of the Spirit? You need to intentionally seek the Spirit's help to develop good, strong, positive spiritual habits. How many of you know that this world you live in is not a Christian world? Raise your hand. Amen. How many of you know that this United States of America that you live in is not a Christian nation? think it kind of started that way but it's not any longer you are not going to somehow vicariously be filled with the spirit just because you live in this country you're going to have to intentionally seek the spirit's help you're going to have to intentionally seek the word of god you're going to have to intentionally ask jesus to fill you with the spirit of god and you know this world pressures us on every side to develop negative habits. Think about it. We're being tempted to be unfaithful in church attendance. This time when we gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ to glorify and honor and worship the Lord God Almighty, and we're tempted nothing to bother. We're tempted to be unfaithful in prayer. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of you this morning hit your knees and pray this morning. We're tempted not to pray at all. We're tempted to be unfaithful in studying this word. God has given us all the instruction and all the direction that we need if we would just read it, if we would just study it. You know what we need to say? We need to say, get behind me, Satan. Enough, enough. Get behind me, Satan, and determine that we're going to serve God faithfully. And when we do that, lost people will be able to count on us. Lost people will be able to see that consistent, trustworthy, and reliable witness that we have for Jesus. And their lives will be changed. Do you realize that you could be the instrument that God uses 
to change someone's life for all eternity? What a privilege that is. But so many times we don't want to yield ourselves and let God do that through us. Realize temptations will come. Intentionally seek the Spirit's help every single day of your life. And the third thing we need to consider in how to develop faithfulness is to get back up when you fall. Get back up when you get knocked down. You know, to me, Simon Peter's a bit of a hero. Simon Peter's a bit of a hero, not because he all the time did right. We know that he didn't do that. We know that a lot of times he made glaring mistakes. He even denied knowing Jesus. Is that being unfaithful or what? He denied even knowing Jesus. But he's a hero to me because every single time that he fell down, he got back up. Every time that the enemy knocked him down, he didn't stay down. He didn't quit. He got back up. And so when it came time to choose someone to preach the very first gospel sermon on that day of Pentecost, guess who got chosen? Peter. It was Peter. The Holy Spirit said, Simon Peter, I want you to do it. I want you to preach it. You're the one who's had the experience of being knocked down and getting back up. You're the one who has been, has fallen, but you didn't stay there. You got back up. You made some mistakes. And you know what? People need to know that you made mistakes. You need to be transparent in that way that you're no less human than anybody else on the face of this earth. your mistakes, despite your failures, despite you having backslidden, despite you having fallen, you need to declare that God is still able to work through me, for he is greater than all my sin. So friend, are you going through a very painful experience right now? As I look, I see many that are going through a significant challenge. Do you feel that you've been knocked down? Do you feel like you've fallen and you just can't get up? Do you feel like it's just too painful to keep going on? Have you been a little inconsistent, to say the least? Have you made some bad choices? Have you made some bad decisions? Have you been a little irresponsible? Have you been tempted to just throw in the towel and quit? I tell you today, Keep 
pressing on. Hang in there. Faithfulness is love that hangs on. Like that old joke sometimes they got to hang on by a knot. Amen. However, you got to do it. Do it. Hang on. Do you feel like you're outside of the will of God somehow? I want you to know this. Jesus will never, say never. Jesus will never quit on you. He will never quit on you. He will pursue you. He will encourage you to stay faithful. He went all the way to the cross for you. He gave his life so that you and I might have the promise of everlasting life. Thank God he didn't give up on me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Now that's faithfulness, amen. You see, I know Bill Barlow a whole lot better than y'all do. I know what he's done. I know where he's been. And to know that Jesus never gave up on him is true faithfulness. So when you're knocked down, you try to get up. When you get knocked down, try to get up. And remember, when you do, you're going to find Jesus' strong arm right there. To help you up. Temptations are coming. You're going to need to intentionally seek the Spirit's help to develop some good, positive habits in your life. And friend, if you fall down, well, you just get right back up. Faithfulness is love that hangs on. Jesus hung on for you. No pun intended. Get it? He hung on for you. circumstances that knock us down. Lord, so many times on our own accord we fall because of poor choices and bad decisions. But Lord, I'm thankful that, that every time the believer looks up from his place of falling, there he finds the strong arm of Jesus Christ ready to help him up. Lord, I pray you would help us to show our love for you by hanging on. Lord, for that person that's here today who's going through that painful experience and they don't know if they can hang on anymore, Lord. Lord, I pray you give them the strength they need. I pray you'd help them on their path. I pray you'd help them to endure and to persevere. Lord, for that unbeliever that's here today. It's also been knocked down. And they're getting a little bit weary of hanging out in the bottom of the pit. Lord, I pray that they realize today by the authority of your word that they need to get up out of that pit. And that Jesus desires to lift them up. 
I need to know is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, I pray that today. By faith in the name of Jesus, that name of all names, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, we pray that by faith today, help us to hang on. For your glory alone, 